Alright folks, welcome back to another episode of the ghostliest podcast around. Very chilling to the bone, very scary, give you cold sweat down your back. You know, you see things blowing around in your backyard late at night and you go, what is that? That's an unnatural shape. That's mostly ghostly blowing around in your backyard. You know what I mean? We come back to you uh, with a whole new ghostly offering. You know what I mean? How you doing over there, Ray? Not bad. How about you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right, you know? We're uh, we're going to get into a fun little discussion today. You know what I mean? Kind of why people attract ghosts. You know, I think right off the bat, people automatically would think, well, they attract ghosts because... A loved one that might want to still see them. Uh, that's probably ground level. And then you go a little deeper and you go, oh, the energy thing. It's all about energy. They like the, they like to soak up the energy with the attention. Yeah, you know what I mean? And we're going to go deep into it, though, today and kind of uncover, uncover, uh, try and go deeper than anybody's ever gone before. You know what I mean? Uh, at first, when you hear something like that, Ray, I know you, you're you're well educated in the realm. But uh, if somebody was to ask you, why do people attract ghosts? What would your answer be? Uh, the multiple reasons or possibilities that can happen. Um, one, I believe, a big thing is the energy thing. We're all vibrations and energy. The brain works uh, electrical impulses. Um, I think that we inadvertently attract them. And I think depending upon what our vibration is, what impulse we're putting out there, um, we can end up being like a light that shines to the other side and they're drawn to it. Yeah. And, you know, all of us are ghost magnets and have magnetic properties. Um, you know, the Malaysian ghost researcher, Augustine Tawansing. Uh, very famous for saying that thing. But however, you know, some of us are unable to see ghosts because we refuse to believe in ghosts, the existence of them. You can't, if you can't crack past that, you're going to have trouble with everything else. Now, most of those people, having never seen them, that's their big claim. They don't want to put no faith. But, you know, there's a lot of people that put faith in things they've never seen. You know what I mean? Now, in pure energy form, this is the way that uh, they would come through and, and touch it, reach out and touch a brother or sister. This is because how we see ghosts is limited to our five senses or the five actual senses that common folk would have. No sixth sense, uh, no touching down in that area. Now, Tawon Singh, who's 49, currently, I believe, is founder of the Malaysian Ghost Research uh, which you can get at MalaysianGhostResearch.org if you want to dive in deeper. Uh, an associate international member of the UK Geographical Association. He said the human body comprises double organs situated on the right and left, proving that man, like other bodies of manifesting magnetic properties, is a magnet having two poles which absorb, store up, and radiate the uh, subtle form of energy uh, and to and from the surrounding space. So, yeah, there you go. That's nice. I can vibe with that. As a man 
uh, as a man is a magnet, man too is capable of being influenced by other energy sources, including the strong electromagnetic energy field that represents ghostly presence, similar to the Earth's magnosphere. Reacting to the electromagnetic radiation is the solar wind. Hence, our bodies are extremely sensitive to any kind of disturbances related to ghostly presence existing in a unique geomagnetic field form. What do you think of that, Ray? Um, well, I know if you go into, if anyone's ever watched a, uh, one of the shows where they go ghost hunting, a paranormal show, of course. they have uh, EMF detectors, electromagnetic field detectors. They have them because strong electronic, uh, electromagnetic fields can affect moods, can make someone feel sick, can cause hallucinations. Uh, the earth has a ma- magnetic field. It's surrounded by one. I mean, magnetism is there and it's, it's in our body and the electrical systems in our body generate a certain amount of it. If you're talking about right and left, you have right and left hand. You also have right and left brain. They both have different functions. Um, so, yeah, there, you get a little field going there. Um, you take the heart, the, uh, they've actually done research, uh, in a couple countries now, one in England and one here, where they put a person in a room that blocks out everything and they put sensors in and they have them stand there and you've got a, uh, electromagnetic field around you. The one emanating, emanating from the heart goes out six feet. So we're in this big electromagnetic or magnetic energy vibration wash going around us. Think of like an ocean just swirling all around us. We're going to be affected by it. Unless we, unless we close it off or attempt to close it off or deny it, we're affected. Whether we actually, whether we want to admit it or not, you walk into a room and someone, you know, oh, bad vibes. Uh, You're feeling that person's other energy. Uh, You have a, a spouse or somebody whose mood's off and uh, you don't even know about it. You arrive home, but closer you get to home, the mood, your mood is off. You walk through the door and it's like, oh, okay, you're linked. There's a link there. And a lot of that has to do with that. Uh, he's saying magnetism. I say it's an electrical field. Uh, and you have an electromagnetic field. I mean, this is all energy. We're going back and forth. And the spirit world is all energy also. Yeah, you know some cultures believe that the spiritual, uh, the spiritually weak, or people with uh, the third eye, can uh, can see ghosts. These are also urban legends that people can perform certain acts to see ghosts. Spiritually weak is kind of a the word wrong phrase to uh, use. I think, don't you think? Um, I agree. I I see that. Not as weak as you delve, as you delve deeply into spirituality, not just religion, what's behind it. And you go really deep and you start to open your mind. You're open to receiving more of that energy from the spirit world. Yeah, I think the more spiritual you are, the, the easier uh, it would be to see these things, the more you're, you're signed up for it. But I did once say, as a child, young kid, I said, I had my, one of the first opinions of ghosts I ever had was that if you're trying to see it, it won't show itself to you. It has to catch you off guard or maybe a non-believer or something like, you know what I mean? So maybe there's a little truth to that. 
And the people with the third eye can see ghosts. I believe in that too. I, I, I definitely, I believe people can open up that third eye can see a lot of things, you know what I mean? Uh, dimensional and such. What do you think? I agree, I agree with that. Now you go back to the uh, channeling seminar that we had. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is on, you can go back and look at mostly ghostly. One of the things there, um, towards the end when we were talking about people doing mediumship and being open to be able to see and I used to teach this in classes also can't stress it hard enough you cannot be trying because then you're pushing your energy out you have to open yourself up to allow energy in so yeah like I agree with you like these people are saying oh yeah yeah I want I want I want I want I want it Anything that's out there, they're, they're, they're just pushing that away. They're not open to it. Yeah. Uh, they're all, also urban legends that people can perform certain acts to see ghosts. I assume they're talking about Ouija boards and opening portals and uh, such like that. What else do you think they're talking about? Well, there's certain types of, uh, well, there's preparing yourself through a meditation or, or a ritual. Uh, I think they're mostly talking about ritualistic things uh, where people, and fairly common among shamans in Aboriginal cultures to have the rituals that open a portal or a vortex to the other side so they can communicate, so that they can psychically step through and uh, learn that, learn, uh, learn that way from the other side from those in spirit. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely with that. Um, yeah. So I agree with that. I agree with that. Even the one, even the one I am, I think there might be a little bit of truth in that first one too, with the, with the, uh, it says some, some cultures too. So if some cultures can believe it, some parts of me can believe it, you know, now Tawan Singh also shares his thoughts with star two on things related to ghostly happenings or paranormal activities. Now, Star 2, uh, is it true that the burning of uh, Kemenyan, uh, which is Malay for incense, can cleanse a home and chase spirits away? So I think that's what his Star 2 is, the theory of that. Which I know that you're a, you're a believer in the incense and, and sage and stuff like that can cleanse a home and chase spirits away, right? Uh, yes, that goes also back to in nature, each plant has a life and an essence, and it depends on the essence of that plant. If you go into and I'm probably saying it wrong, Ayurvedic medicine or Vedic medicine, uh, they use plants a lot because of the healing properties, not only of the plant what we would call chemically, you know, when you break it down, it has these chemicals, affects the body, et cetera. They believe that uh, it's associated with different elements, whether that be water, fire, um, different things that affect the body. So if you go along that belief that these plants all hold uh, certain essences or powers, when you burn them, you're releasing that. And as you're releasing it, it will drive out it has the potential to drive out anything that uh, should be there that is in conflict with the essence of that plant. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's the, the smoke. Smoke's a big one because it goes into the air, you know what I mean? It floats around the room, so it's 
salt. They also use salt and stuff as well, but we, we kind of, you know, you can, you, you sprinkle it around or do the, do, you know, shapes with it, uh, circles and such. Correct. Uh, yeah. Salt is mostly because of its nature. It's a protective thing. You put a circle around you or you put it around your house. Uh, it's, a, it's a barrier. Across. Uh, uh, across, yeah, that's, that's the same thing. Uh, the symbolism and the energy behind that symbol, uh, it also, uh, can help keep things away. And the holy water. I mean, it all goes into the power of word, which we've talked about a lot on the show, you know, so like that, that's where the energy would come from with like holy water. Know what I mean? Yep. Now, uh, you know, the uh, town Tamon Singh. Uh, he likes to practice the burning of incense. Of course, I know a lot of folks that do. Cindy Lou does. I think just about everybody does. Ray does. Just about everybody gets into it. So that's probably one of your your deals. And I have a piece of I have a, a piece of wood over here that I burn on occasion. Uh, give, gifted to me from the great Ray Boon. Uh, it's not sage though. What, what, it's a cedar or so. Uh, it's got a cool name. I remember, like a double, double name to it. Uh, Palo Santo. It's uh, sacred wood. I like it. I like it sacred. Now Augustine Townsend, who also likes sacred things, checking a ghostly fingerprint on a torchlight during a ghost research outing. Um, there's a nice picture of him that we've seen. Um, he's, he's enjoying his job. We'll say that now can someone who is being chased or followed by spirits ward them off? That's the question. Uh, yeah, of course, you know, through prayers and stuff and doing some of the things we just talked about, you know, now believing that spirits follow and haunt one will never happen. Spirits are ghosts who follow us or those of, uh, those who have loved ones who have loved us. In all my 14 years of being a solo ghost researcher, I have never been followed home nor haunted by ghosts after each ghost research. So maybe after a couple of them. I'm pulling a few quotes, so don't quote Matt Fisher. Quote these folks. Um, that was the great Augustine Taiwan Singh, which I will now call Augustine because that's uh, easier to pronounce than the rest of it. Um, what's your take on what I just said there? I think you can, they can follow you. Um, we commonly call that an attachment. Mm-hmm. Their energy hooks onto your energy and it travels with you. And, uh, I've experienced it in a device, uh, where it followed and followed me home on uh, the device I had would not work properly until I performed an exorcism on it. Yeah. And did some prayers. Um, previous to that, the thing was doing the opposite of what I wanted it to do. The few times it did work. Um, I've run into people that have had brought things home with them and they've had the, uh, have their house cleanse, have a detachment done to detach it from them. Uh, the best way to avoid it is one is if you're in a good place and you can repel the thing. But just being a safe side, there are rituals for protection. You do that before you're going to study or go on a ghost hunt or do anything. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, ghosts and spirits can hurt the living. 
from the spiritual perspective, our minds and emotions are vulnerable to ghostly and spiritual attacks because these characteristics are in the form of vibrations translated as energy. So that can get very physical, you know, like, like we're talking about. Our minds and our emotions are too vulnerable to fear. Some people are fearless, though, so you can't really say that. But with that being said, of the vulnerability to fear, which is a state of mind that can be easily manipulated by a ghost or a spirit. What do you think? You think that it, uh, the mind can be easily manipulated, or you think it might be, you know, different folks, different strokes, different wills? You think that they just overall pow- more powerful in that sense, or more of a like? I know if they were going to try and mess around in the mind of Mister Ray Boot, they're going to have an issue. They're not. They're not going to get what they uh, get what they what they bargained for. You know what I mean? I know that for a fact. So yeah, I guess I answered my own question that I was asking you because uh, Ray will have a smackdown on. Now, there's no documented or reported scientific evidence that proves that spirits of the dead can hurt the living. Hollywood movie makers and underground independent filmmakers like us suggest that ghosts in the form of demons can harm the living. This is one example of a misleading perception about spirit existence. Um, I don't know. I do feel that a ghost or a spirit could harm the living. Um, in numerous ways, physically, mentally, um, emotionally, um, which I guess is kind of mentally, but, um, I think it could, you know, it could get into them, put the sadness in them, mess with them, get them to do something really dark to themselves or somebody else, um, or both. I also think that it could physically, you know, we talked about before how you, 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 you've, everybody's kind of had moments in time when they were not even drinking or under the influence of anything, just kind of lost their body shifted a certain way. And they almost lost their step and went down for the count in a situation like that. If it was to happen somewhere where it really mattered, there was crucial, a dire place. Um, and something was to give you a little poof, a little puff, a little burst of air on you, a little put a little extra, oomph, send you down a staircase, send you off a roof, um, you know, we also have talked about like in the episode where we talked about Mothman, where I dove into the time thing, you know, with this paranormal world, there's a lot of, you always hear about time slips and, you know, time taking too long and such. And I remember we had a good discussion about in a situation where like, if it got in your head and almost like these people that died in car accidents after the fact, you know, did they... You could you could mess up the timing for somebody in their head, and there could be an accident or whatever. The same thing, kind of with pilots, and they say the they with Bermuda with the Bermuda Triangle, and they try to blame the fact that they're just looking at blue ocean, blue sky for so long that at some point it, their brain kind of pops, and they don't know where they're going. They don't know if they're going up or down, and that's kind of what happens. So stuff like that, like where things just kind of. The brain's very fragile, you know what I mean? Stress, uh, you know, physical, emotional stress of any kind, you know what I mean? Could that affect your brain? It's proven. Um, so it, it, I think it's very possible for these things to hurt humans. What's your take? I agree. Um, any unwelcome energy, 
any energy that comes into our sphere of uh, energy, our field around us, that's not in sync will disrupt ours, and that can produce uh, physical ailments. Uh, the one thing that's kind of curious, because there's almost a contradiction there, in that in this segment, they're saying they cannot do it. But also, at the beginning, they're defining ghosts as an elect- electromagnetic force or energy. And science, has, that same science, is, uh, science has established that uh, high EMF fields, such as near power lines, long exposure to this, does make people sick. Yeah. So, okay, if you're calling them an, a form of energy, electromagnetic energy, and that can affect the health of a person, then you can't say that ghost can't affect the health of a person. By your own definition, it has to be able to have that potential at least. And like I said, you were, you were saying, I mean, if someone is uh, mentally a little out of it and uh, things are going on in their life and their energy is off, then this outside energy, that of the spirit of the ghost, can find them much easier to manipulate. And we, we also know that there are plenty of stories where people, uh, you were talking about, uh, you're walking along and that little nudge, that push, knock you over sort of thing. There's plenty of stories in haunted homes and different places where people were walking and they felt the push. They took a fall down some stairs or had to catch themselves. And there was no one there. Well, that was the boat. That was the ghost giving you a shove. It kind of makes you wonder because then you got like, a lot of people when they get start to get really elderly and even before elderly ages, uh, they, you know, you hear a lot of falling, breaking hips, and then that kind that's kind of like the end of the road type deal. You know what I mean? And you kind of wonder like if there was a little oomph. You know, they say that they they, they prey on older and younger. Um, maybe there maybe there's a little something to be said or something to question in the paranormal field about stuff like that. You know, like uh, maybe somebody going uh, low-hanging fruit type deal, like some type of entity that cruises around and just getting that low-hanging fruit, um, racking them up. Who's to say? Who's to say? That's on some black magic stuff, which is also linked to uh, this stuff as well. But, uh, you know, a lot of people don't believe in black magic, uh, but it's tr- they, they say it's truly hell for those who have experienced it. You know what I mean? Uh, definitely believe in that, uh, even if it's just negative energy of wishing bad things. Um, I believe in a good, like, I guess if you would in a good magic, if there would be one, good magic, I think, is when um, good magic's almost the good vibes you get. You know what I mean? You hear something, you see a movie, you hear a song you really like, you get that magical vibe. You're in a party with friends and family or whatever, and you're getting that good vibe. I think that's kind of the good magic. And that black magic is like depression and all the hatred and curses everybody throws at each other behind the scenes. What's your take, Ray? Um, I agree. We have to be careful with what we say and what we think when dealing with people because that energy goes out there and it can affect the person. Yeah. So we have to be very careful with that. Uh, black magic, some people think only of the rituals. And yeah, the whole purpose behind 
the rituals when you're talking about ceremonial black magic is to gain power and influence. Yeah. And that's a way to tap into the spirit world and then try and manipulate it to your ends, which can be to harm somebody. Yeah. So you're, you're trying to sink your energy with the energy in the other side to be able to cross over and uh, cause harm to somebody in this world. And again, it's all going back to those energy fields, uh, the same ones they said at the beginning. Mm-hmm. They say, you know, a talisman is also helpful to keep ghosts away. But they said if you're able to manage one's own mind, that you don't, it's not necessary. You don't even need a talisman. You agree with that? I agree. I think the talisman, uh, what it represents, may be offensive to a spirit that's trying to do something. Let's yeah. say if it's a negative spirit, that talisman itself would, will uh, repel them uh, using the imagery. It could also be. Um, you take certain crystals and let's say you have a talisman or uh, made of a certain crystal or embedded. These crystals are embedded in something. You're carrying them with you. They have a vibration. That vibration itself may repel the negative. But if you have a balanced mind, um, if your spirit and your mind are pretty much in balance and you rec- you can rec- and you're open enough to recognize what's going on, you simply repel it. And you, you know, you do maintenance to, uh, whether it be meditation or prayer to keep yourself centered. You do protection to build up a wall around you of this vibration that, uh, will repel anything negative. And yeah, I don't think that you need a talisman. I think that you become that talisman. You become that thing that, uh, repels the negative. Yeah. I'm definitely with that. You know, now there was a story of a tenant who performed a ritual to cleanse a rented house soon after moving in. Now this triggered off the occurrence of the back door of the house shaking violently. So the tenant called in the cops. Later she called in a BOMA. Are you familiar with a B-O-M-O-H? Is that like a shaman? Probably like a shaman. I'm not familiar with the term. Well, she called in a Boma who advised her to hammer nails on both sides of the door frame. Do you know what that symbolizes? Oh, that's sealing off. You're closing it. And n- nails typically are steel. And that's something, uh, we, well, there used to be iron going way back. But iron can repel uh, negative spirits. So the nails will do that, eh? Just uh, any old nail. I know you just said iron and and the and, and steel. It's more the uh, the nailing fact and the noise that goes with it, but the nailing shut, the symbolism uh, that closes the door off to the negative. That is an you're annoying see- sound. Yes, you're sealing the door with the nails, even though you're leaving the door itself technically open able to open by doing the frame you're sealing it off have you ever seen uh tales from the crypt demon night horror movie from like the 90s uh don't remember that i think there was a show called that, that oh yeah for sure one. yeah, but yeah tales I, from the crypt was a big show but they did they did two spent three spinoff movies first one demon night and it's about um like a flop house where these demons kind of come and the people that live there kind of have to fight them, fight, uh, fight off the demons. 
And uh, there's a dude who comes from the past, so to speak, William Sadler, who um, was like ancient. Uh, he, he's been fighting like the good and bad fight forever. Uh, he, he, he fought with Jesus type deal. Like he was one of those dudes supposedly, but they, they carry around a, um, this cross filled with blood, which I believe is, it started with, it had like the blood of Jesus in it, but then it also had like blood from all the people that were fighting the good fight that like died in battle type stuff. And I know that this isn't anything to do with reality. It's just an interesting tie in a little bit. And uh, what what they would do in the movie, what they would do, they would like put a little dab of the blood in the doorway and the windows and it would kind of seal it up. You know what I mean? Very much so like this type of like these cleanses, you know? Yeah. They also, he did it on a, um, a bus at the end. Uh, you'd probably dig it. Demon, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. I'm sure we have some horror fans out there that listen to the mostly ghostly. If you haven't seen Demon Knight, the Tales from the Crypt movie, by all means, check it out. Billy Zane's in it and probably one of the best Billy Zane guy. We, I, we met Billy Zane at a convention that we were doing. We were hawking our movies and uh, he came over to our booth because he was strolling around and uh, I had to give him respect for Demon Knight, my favorite performance of his. And he laughed and chuckled and moved on. Um, but that's the, the Demon Knight Billy Zane story. So, you know, why uh, is it? The, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, I think I may have the wrong name, but there was a TV show. I think it was called Demon Knight. But and it was about a detective uh, investigated gruesome crimes. Um, he did all his investigating at night. He was actually a vampire. Oh yeah, you're thinking you're thinking of Forever Night. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. That one was that one was fairly interesting because he was a vampire that chose to to follow a good path, so to speak. I think I'm pretty. Th- I'm pretty sure. I think it was like a '90s sitcom. Yeah, uh, it wasn't a sitcom, but yeah. Well, not like a, it was a show. It was a show, I should say. Yeah, it was a show. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was Forever Night. My dad used to rock that. Uh, I actually own the season of it because I watched it with him. Uh, and he's surprisingly not a horror fan, so it was surprised. It was like a mashup that we both kind of uh, got a little bit out of, you know. I think it's still available on Tubi for free. Well, that you love that Tubi, and if anybody else out there loves that Tubi, American Sasquatch, uh, you can go on there right now, starring the great Ray Booten and Alexander the Hawk. Uh, and the last segment, directed by myself, fantastic. That's what Siskel and Ebert have been saying about it. They said they gave it four fucking thumbs and toes all the way up. Bada boom, bada bing. Uh, so if you're on the two, the Toby there, the Tubi, then do it big. Um, don't call me Toby. So now the ghost and the spirit soul exist in the form of an electromagnetic field, pure energy that holds one's personality as a unique electromagnetic field. The spirit world is big enough to contain the ghost population, and it will never be overcrowded because ghosts slash spirits exist in the form of energy. So there's no cap on that. Would you agree? Oh, I, I, I would agree. We're so used to us, so uh, what we call the known universe. We talk about the Big Bang and the universe expands and then comes back. 
the key word there is known. What about other dimensions that we don't know about? Um, even at, even as a child, I had a weird mind. The first time they said that, I had to bite my tongue when I was saying, okay, you got the universe. Um, what's outside it? That's what I started thinking as a kid. What's outside the universe? So you're talking an infinite possibility of our infinite number of dimensions and universes possible out there beyond ours. Uh, there's certainly enough room for spirits or souls somewhere out there. Yeah, it's in, you know, the idea of th- thinking of like that, taking that science fiction ride with it, you know, to think if, I think a very interesting take on afterlife would be, you know, you, you go to the next, pl- like a, a growth thing, like, you know, a lot of cultures believe, but it's like, uh, okay, you, you, you did earth. Now you're going to the next planet. You know what I mean? And it, or different than work your way through dimensions type deal. It's a, it, you don't know these things. Now, as a, as a, a man who stands behind reincarnation, why do you think people don't remember? Why do you think it takes, takes a lot for them to kind of remember? They really have to go digging. Why do you think the brain shuts that stuff off so much? I, I'm not sure. Uh, part of it is a focus on the life that they have here. I know in the, in the uh, spiritual realm, they believe the reincarnation is so that uh, you learn lessons and that you grow. And the only way to do that is to experience life again and correct those lessons. Um, in the back of the mind is uh, the idea that uh, the seed of what you're supposed to do is there. That's your passion in life. And that seed is carried from another, uh, another lifetime. So you should always pursue your passion. And do so with compassion. The two close words there. Um, as for past lives, I know uh, being a hypnotherapist and being certified in past life regression, um, I've come across some absolutely remarkable things in a couple of cases where the people were able to go back and find the, find records of, or in one case, a gravestone of the person that, and they'd never been there the person that they've been in a past life and matched the time period, the name and everything. So are they real? Yes. To me, I think earth is just a stepping stone and we learn our lessons here. We vibrate a little higher and move up the energy or spiritual ladder. I dig it. I support that. Uh, furthermore, ghosts do not stay on forever in the physical world as a ghost or an earthbound spirit. In other words, a ghost only temporarily temporarily stays on with them within our domain until they have found new resolutions for unfinished business, such as unsolved emotional burden during their life on Earth, or being grounded by others who do not permit their beloved to move on to the higher plane of spirit existence. So that's interesting. Do you think that? The one the, your your loved ones could hold could keep you back here even if you were ready to go yourself. That there, I assume to be their want for you to be here so much would keep you here. Um, I think that the energy can uh, keep you, but I don't think as a go as a ghost. I would tend to say that 
most of the time, if you have a strong attachment to somebody and they to you, uh, when they move on, you may be able to draw them back or keep them here uh, because of that attachment, because of how your energy was so in sync and together. What I tend to think when oh, uh, is more likely when people experience visitation from those that have passed on is that they're manifest, they're using that energy to manifest that form and give a message, but they don't necessarily stay here all the time. It's kind of like, yes, I'm here, I'm okay. You know, they calm the person down, help them get back on their, on track to living with their lives after the loss, and then they finish moving on. Now, what do you feel about the uh, unsolved emotional burden during the time of life on Earth? So, like, if somebody lived in a depression, which is awful, people, you know, people do it every day, but people live in a depression all the time. It's kind of uh, hellacious to think that when they die, they're still burdened by that depression. It's almost more reason to try and snap yourself out of it. Um, I know a lot of people that just soak through life and I'm not hating on them, but they soak through life and just think that this is the bad, this is bad. And hopefully when they die, it's better. You know what I mean? Um, and through, through this, it's almost like you better, you know, put some pep in your step and plaster that smile on your face. If you're not happy, you know, they're not going to let you be happy when you die type deal. What's your take on that? I disagree. Just because you are not, uh, happy when you're alive doesn't mean that when you cross over, you're not going to be happy. I mean, you're talking about, again, this whole universe out there. And from every experience I've had with people uh, through mediumship or investigating and communicating with others is that uh, when you, when you move through, when you move on, it's fantastic. It's better than being here. So you're not yeah. depressed anymore. It's kind of like, oh, why did I but let myself get worked up over all that nonsense? This is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of the most controversial and dangerous thing that Ray Boone's ever said on our show. Which, do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> the fact that the whole story, because I remember you... You were you were doing some medium work for a family who had a loved one that passed on through his own doing, and um, you know in the afterlife he was kind of happy and wasn't in a bad place. You know what I mean? So that kind of contradicts what they're going with here, and I agree with Ray Booten more than I agree with anybody else. Um, it's all about that higher plane of spirit. <laughs> The concept uh, that everything exists in dualism, however, the belief in heaven and hell may vary based on the people's belief and cultures. Now, we know that to be 120,000% true, as every culture uh, can go in any direction that it chooses. You know what I mean? We had a little bit of a flub up, I think, in the audio there, but I don't think anybody will. I think me bringing it up now will be the only thing they'll know about it. But we'll see. Now, in the whole, can holy items scare ghosts away? You know what I mean? 
And of course, you know, to kind of answer the question before they were going into with that heaven and hell type deal, I think me and Bray both believe in heaven and hell. Um, we probably have very close opinions of what it is. Um, we've both went into it on the show numerous times, so we really don't have to crack into it here. Um, but I, we both, I, we can both say that we definitely agree there's a heaven and hell situation out there, right? You agree, Ray? Uh, oh, <laughs> no, if, if I'm wrong, no, go for it. I still feel there's some type of heaven and hell vibe. <laughs> I don't think that it's, um, I don't know about you know, streets of gold and mansions for everybody in heaven. But I do feel like it's a positive glow, the energy thing. Uh, and I do think that hell is like sadness and torment and, you know, uh, you f- the feeling of absolute despair and horrible feeling. Um, and if it is physical, uh, if it's more than just an energy that is turbulent, then I'd say, like I've said before on the show, I think if, if it's physical, I think it could be something where if you, you know, if you were bad news in life, you got, you kind of have to watch your loved ones go through the bad news that you gave to other people, almost like in a, in a payback type deal. But now you're caring about the person that this bad thing's happening to, and there's nothing you can do. And I even go as far to think that it's possible that in your head, with the the energy in the mind, like we're talking about before, within your head, I feel like you see yourself doing those terrible things to your loved ones, which makes it even more horrendous because they're looking at you like, why? And you're just being the devil, you know what I mean? You're being bad news. So uh, that's my kind of take on And it's just unrest and torment and horrifying and no peace, you know what I mean? where the heaven thing is more peaceful, I feel. Now, what's your take? Well, the absence of peace, the absence of love, compassion, uh, all of those things together, uh, the absence of any sort of connection to the, to the divine source, the creator, uh, becoming isolated that way, that is hell. Then existence, no matter what, dimension you're in or what plane you're on existence becomes hell because you're going against uh your true nature what heaven is to me is returning to and aligning yourself with uh that source the creator the energy that flows becoming one with it and that's pure ecstasy we call that heaven i uh, yeah i mean to go with and with to more with that hell stuff it's like you know, like, I remember, I don't know if I ever t- told the story on this show, but I had, a, when I was a kid, one of the most horrifying nightmares I ever had was that I was at a ski resort, uh, which I've ne- I was never at one in my life up until that, at that point. But I was at a ski resort, and I got lost from my family, and I was gone. I couldn't find them for a long time, and when I found them, they all forgot who I was. So, like, you take, like, the that weird fear that I felt like you could feel, you could put that in somebody. Um, this is the confusion. It, it can be hellacious. If you're, if, if you need to open a door, but you, and you know, you need to get on the other side of that door, but almost like an Alzheimer's thing, you know, you need to be on the other side of that door, but you can't figure out, they turn the knob and open the door. 
You know, I mean, I think there's a lot of mental stuff that goes with how stuff like that, where you're just tormented, you know what I mean? Like, like your brain flips and becomes your worst enemy type deal. Your conscience, you know, the inner you that knows everything about you becomes your judge, jury, and executioner at that point. Um, I almost vibe like that's what hell is with like a dark twist. Like it's you with a dark twist punishing yourself. You know, and a lot of people punish themselves while they're alive physically and mentally. So I think it's more of something like that. I I I agree. We we uh we are the gatekeepers of our own hell and yeah. we're pretty hard ta- taskmasters on ourselves. And that's that's hell enough. It's time to line up with the uh the source and follow that energy that love to heaven. Yeah. And bring it into our life now. Why not? That's where we came from. We can live that way now. Yeah, I agree. And we can't deny that certain holy items may be, may really uh, be imbued with the holy powers, but this does not mean that these items can scare ghosts away. Everything reverts to one's understanding on what ghosts are, how much one understands ghost terminology. However, the secret that can remove a pesky spirit is unconditional love. Holy items do not scare ghosts as portrayed in Hollywood movies. In fact, the scientific uh, perspective sees things as happening for a reason in line with the universal principle of cause and effect. Now, Ray, what's your take on that? Do you think unconditional love is that powerful that if you were dealing with some heavyweight entity, negative force, that if you approached it with unconditional love, you think you could overcome that? I would say it would have to be something that's a part of you, not something that you just believe would happen. Yeah. And if it is there, um, I've kind of half joked with people at times that if you ever face the devil, Mm. just look at the devil and say, hey, I love you. Well, they say the devil, if the devil starts going crazy and stuff and say, oh, also remember, you may be nasty. But God still loves you. You know, it reminds me of um, Ernest Scared Stupid, where he, uh, he he shows the troll love at the end, and that's how he kills it. But it's, you know, that's what one thing. I remember that from the early days of church, too, with that, the, the devil thing. Cause it was always, they would go, you know, do you hate the devil? And you go, yeah, I hate the devil, of course. And they go, you should never hate the devil. Because if you hate the devil, the devil wins. And that always stuck with me. Um, you could use that for devil people that roam the earth. You know what I mean? The same uh, rules apply. Um, be aware of your local devils. You know what I mean? But I think that's very interesting with the unconditional love. Because it's like, you know, even in the Bible, I think God says something about like... Uh, have faith in him, but don't be stupid and in fewer, you know, and I chose my own words, but like, don't just be gullible and fall into traps thinking that God will save you type deal. You know what I mean? I kind of feel like that's a little bit of it too, where, yeah, I think unconditional love is a good place to live in with like-minded individuals and community and family and friends and such. But I don't know if, if dealing with a, a dark entity I almost feel like you got to get a little tough and get, you know, get a little 
bring the prayers and the items into it and stuff. But I feel like an unconditional love thing, it might be tricky for you to just be like, you know, I know that you're here and you're, you want harm from me, but I love you. It might torment it, that it probably upset them, but they're probably going to come harder at you. So I, I, I maybe to a degree it might work, but I don't think it's overall effective. You know what I mean? That the unconditional love part. So you, you, you stand there and let's say you can see it in front of you. And, uh, yeah, you tell, you love it. And that thing starts getting mad. The next thing you do is smile and say, come here, give me a hug. And you go to it with arms open. Yeah. Now, when it says that the ghosts aren't scared by holy uh, objects, like in Hollywood films, that doesn't really see, make sense either, because if you were to hold up a cross or holy water or Bible, and they go, like we've talked about on the show before, all that, what gives all that stuff power is your belief in it. You know what I mean? If you don't believe in it, it's, it's useless. But like the faith that you have, and it's kind of like a shield for you to be, to give you the confidence to kind of be able to fight, you know, talk against it. Um, and then kind of realize that, you know, it's not as powerful as you think it is type deal. You know what I mean? But I, th- I think that they have an effect. Maybe if it's just that effect of giving you the confidence. But I do think that I, if you, if I held up this sparkling seltzer water and, and I had faith in it that, you know, God was on my side and he wanted me to succeed in this battle that I was about to have with the, with an entity I would believe that, yeah, that's just as good as if I had a priest pray over it, because in my heart and mind and all my energy, I would be putting forth, this is the sword of God, you know what I mean? Like, so I think more of what the faith goes into it type deal. But I do think that these items, the holy items, I guess it would be all, like we said before, it'd be all depend on how you feel. They they have interesting ways of wording things where they're they, there was another the other time the other earlier one where they got me on it too where you, it's the real double edged sword so to speak you know what I mean but uh, yeah um, uh, yeah I was I was going to say also if you take certain symbols or items um, and we use a crucifix or a cross as an example okay that has been around for uh, two thousand years. Uh, that symbol as a holy symbol has spread around the globe in that time, easily recognizable. In churches, rosaries, and other situations, you people uh, pray uh, to it. And so if you're looking at something which is symbolic of that good and that love, uh, a symbol that's been prayed to, prayed to or and people believe represents that love. And it's so well known that really, if, if you've got this spirit over there, that's uh, going to do negative that it's evil. And this is what it's presented with. It hates that. Yeah. It hates, it hates the symbol. It hates what it stands for. So it's going to back off. It doesn't have uh, really the, Typically, they don't have the guts to stand up to it. Yeah, it's it. In the people, if if people that don't have guts, I think can find guts in their faith. You agree, right? You you, you know what I mean? I think it, 
squaring off with anything that's otherworldly or other dimensional that's evil is very intimidating and scary at first. And you automatically think that, you know, this thing's going to be more powerful than I am. But, you know, you know, it's kind of like the animal thing where, the, you know, it's more afraid of you than you are of it type deal. I think there's a little bit of that at play, too, but it puts up a, a, very, a good front. It's got a good uh, anger face, you know what I mean? It's got a good war face. So you see the face and you go, oh, shit, I don't want to really, I don't want to get down with that. I'm afraid of that. I don't want to even test that. And then it gives a power. But if you realize you need a little pep in your step, you know, like an energy drink, you know what I mean? That's getting that, getting that religious stuff, getting that holy water in your veins. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I, I, I agree with that. It's, uh, it all comes down to who you are and the confidence in who you are and your path in life. And when you've got that together, and that's not to say you don't have problems every day. Everybody does. But when you've got that together and you're confronting a negative entity, you're not at a vibration it likes. You're not giving out energy that it likes. Yeah. It can't feed off your fear. So it's kind of like you are the banishment yourself. You banish it. Because that energy flowing through you from that, from that source, that connection that you have, is greater than anything out there that is dark because it's pure light. In the overall, the bigger, you know, good is more powerful than bad. Now, the trick that's been put out there is that it's not. It's kind of like, you know, the greatest trick the devil ever did was making you think you didn't exist. You know, another one of the tri- one of the another, another one of the tricks is with there's so much darkness in this world you're led to believe that the darkness can overdo the light, but the light's always stronger than the darkness, you know what I mean? Even when it don't appear that way. Um, It's just one of those deals. There's one thing to darkness. I mean, if you use the analogy, if you use like with a lamp, which lights up a room, uh, well, you take a shadow. Unless Unless there's light around, nothing can cast a shadow. Yeah. So it's kind of like, what is the darkness without life? Light. Nothing. It's true. It's very true. So as we uh, we wind down, I think the big question that they, you know, this this one asks is uh, why? You know, I guess this, in, this, this episode kind of asks why. Why are people magnets for ghosts? You know what I mean? Uh, ghost magnets. Why are people ghost magnets? You know what I mean? And uh, numerous reasons, you know, the energy, um, loved ones. Uh, if, somebody was a, if somebody had hatred for somebody enough, would that keep them around that person, you think? Um, if they were to actually do something to uh, either cause their demise or once they've gone over to the other side, do some sort of ritual or something to try and trap them, yes. Otherwise, I'd say no. They have no hold. Because, uh, you know, great hate is the same energy almost as great love. You know what I mean? So the same love that would want someone to come back and uh, would probably be the same powerful of hate that would want someone to go away. 
And, uh, it's almost like murder in itself. You know, you would almost, even if there was somebody, I think that if every day woke up and wished that you were dead, um, in the spiritual world, in the world where like that energy is there, I think that that it's, that's all, that's like, uh, accessory to murder in the spiritual world. Don't you think? Yeah. Someone says they got to be careful. The comma police come around. Oh, that, that's called reincarnation. Oh. Oh, yeah. You know, you're, you're nasty. Everything you live your life, you cross over, you see that big, beautiful light, you feel that love and you go, yes, yes. Next thing you know, that light is you getting pulled out of that birth canal and you're going, no, no. And it's all memory taken away. Figure it out again, this guy, dude. And uh, no sports almanac. You don't return with no sports almanac like Back to the Future. No way. Nope, no, no, no bringing notebooks along. No way, Jose. So, yeah, I get down with that. I, I definitely feel that, you know, <clears throat> people are ghost magnets and, you know, for the reasons addressed. Um, are there any other reasons you can think of that we didn't address why why a ghost would be uh, attracted to living people? I think we kind of got it. Get the energy, love, th- letter, yeah, all that. Yeah, I, I think so. It, it's uh, pretty well covered. You the, think energy, the, the energy, yeah, that, that's a big one. You think there could be a situation where um, somebody that never, yeah, I guess you could say where someone who never met somebody was attracted to him and got sucked into it. You, that stuff happens where someone has a kid, you know, someone, someone who died whose kid looks like someone who's not their kid, but they look like him, so they kind of haunt with him a little bit, you know what I mean? Um, I would say, I would say it's a possibility, but that would definitely be short term because I think that when you're talking about souls on the other side of spirits, when they cross over, you're not looking at it in the same age as us. I mean, you can, you can pretty much feel whether someone, uh, when they pass, whether they were what, uh, is commonly called a young soul or an old soul. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I, I I really think that if there was any joining up like that, it'd be definite. If it happened, it would definitely be short term. It's a, um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of when we went to Rutland, the prison camp. And uh, I forget, it, it might have been you or Lisa picked up on the vibe that there was a, there was a little girl there. Uh, and she was being protected by like another ghost that had a, had a liking for her for whatever reason and kind of protected her. For, there was like two other ghosts in that area that weren't, they were all like prisoners, but I guess the one who liked her was, uh, I don't know, the ghost with the most kind hearted soul who had, you know, butter on his toast. I don't know what the, the story was, what for, I hope it isn't some like, I hope it, he didn't like her because of like, weird things you know what i mean um but like that story popped in my mind too of just that kind of i'm kind of fascinated by the stories like that where that's more all afterlife but not 50 50 but like when people meet after death and like get attached to people i you know i guess it would be people that 
you know, every now and then you'll meet people that just glow. They're ha- you, you want to be around them. They're happy. Um, you know, everybody knows those types and met those types. And I assume it's the same deal for a spirit. The, those people with that glow that we see, it must be like a superb shine on the other side. Um, you know what I mean? A, a heavy vibration that they want to get down with. Maybe the vibration makes them feel alive. They're feeling people's vibration gives them actual movement, makes them feel something, you know what I mean? Maybe that's what it is. It's uh, very interesting stuff. Well, it might be that little girl was trapped there and that other spirit chose to stay and protect her. Yeah, I remember that we talked about something like that, I think, because, yeah. But I almost think that I almost remember there was a weird part to the story where she wanted to. There was a dark twist to the good, the good deal of her protecting her, where like he didn't want her to leave. Like somebody was like, "Oh, you should. We we can, you know, we could like cross you over." And I wanted to say that he was like, "Nah, she's all right." <laughs> like something crazy, um, in my own words, of course, <laughs> but along the lines of you know she's happy here type deal when she wasn't. I remember there being some weird dark thing like that where he's possessive. He keeps saying, I got a vibe. He was possessive of her. I don't know if it was just me vibing or if like somebody said that he said something in that along those lines. I get a little bit of the vibes. I'm not as good as you but I get the vibes every now and then. I'm more of a vibe guy. I trust them. I do. I do. You gotta... So, uh, Ray, you want to say anything else about ghost magnets? Do you have any ghost magnets on your refrigerator? Uh, no, no ghost magnets. Um, as far as where I live, um, nothing is allowed in here in, unless I invite it. There's a permanent wall up. I think I, I love that. I know you have the process that no, no one can mess with Ray, dead or alive. You know what I mean? It just isn't happening. Uh, well, part yeah. of that is because I be before I got experience and before a lot of training, even as a child, I was seeing things. And when I first started opening up as an adult a lot, um, I could see and I was attracting things. Uh, anyway, you know, I would hate to go to a mall around Christmas or anything because of all these attachments and things traveling around people. I lived in a house, windows opening and closing, things disappearing, reappearing. I mean, I was one of those magnets from a young age, and it wasn't until later on that I figured out how to put walls up so I'm not being assaulted all the time and to make sure nothing, nothing at all comes into my home unless I open the door for it. it, It was just... It was a survival thing. So I got my little cocoon of comfort here with all of that outside. And I do my meditations and prayers and live a good life with my family. Hell yeah. We call that the living dream, the American living dream. All across the world, they do the American dream like that. I support it, man. Now, when all this ghost magnet talk, we got to do some type of limited edition, mostly ghostly magnet for people's refrigerators they can get their hands on. (laughs) We need to do the ghost magnet, ghost magnet. Mostly ghostly ghost magnet. Um, it could probably be get done cheap, and we'll give it to the folks for cheap loot because we love them. Uh, do you want to say anything in closing on these ghost magnets? Uh, no, I would 
tend to think that to one degree or another, we are, well, I'll say yes, to, um, to one degree or another, we are all still connected uh, with the spirit world. And it's just some are more open or give a vibe out that attracts them more. And I'm, I'm just keeping it very basic and uh, choose which one of the many things we've gone over uh, in this episode. Investigate it. See what you think for yourself. I'm with it. Uh, hell yeah. This for wrapped up another one. You know what I mean? This is classic. Classic, mostly ghostly, some would say. Uh, heck yeah. We hope you all enjoyed this and had fun. Maybe got a little creeped out. Think with all these ghost magnets, you know, you're gonna you're not gonna walk by your refrigerator the same way ever again. You always gonna be looking to see if the eyes on the magnets are gonna move like those old portraits in uh, horror movies back from the days. You know what I mean? But uh, with that being said, if you like this episode, you should dive in and listen to more episodes. And uh, we can't say it enough. The most important thing in the world for y'all out there to do outside of sharing with all your friends and family and everybody, your enemies, they should even know. You know, you, you, you wouldn't want to wish a world of not knowing mostly ghostly on your worst enemy. You know what I mean? That'd be a very sad thing. But uh, get out there on wherever you listen. Make sure you subscribe or follow. Um, it's very important. You know what I mean? We also have the YouTube page at Boombastic Media. Hit pop on there. Give that a subscribe. The first, like, seven or eight episodes of Mostly Ghostly uh, are on there. OGs, those OG dogs. Before it was ever even on, like, podcasting, streaming, it was on the tubes of you. And uh, that's like fossils. Go look at Mostly Ghostly Fossils. Uh, and like I've said in the last couple episodes, we do have some video stuff coming your way from the Mostly Ghostly clan. Uh, more info on that will be dropping soon. We'll probably do a nice episode with a little more people that are involved and kind of let the world know when the time comes. And, uh, yeah, so thanks for the support that you give us. And uh, we uh, give that back, hopefully, right, with love, with nothing but unconditional love. And like the article says, we say fuck the article. Unconditional love doesn't work for the demons, but it works for the mostly ghostly audience because we got nothing but love for you. And we'll catch y'all on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly. (laughs) 